Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Golden Astrologer Podcast. I'm Deb McBride, and I am broadcasting from lovely Escazú, Costa Rica, where it is sunny, because I'm doing this at 2.30 in the afternoon for a change. (laughs) So I have some other astrology work I have to do today, so I've got to get on that. So I figured, let me do this early. Um, So uh, that was some eclipse. And today is Sunday, December 5th, and yesterday was Saturday the 4th, and it was the eclipse in the wee hours of the morning, at least where I was, it was about quarter to two in the morning. And if you didn't sleep well on Friday night, yeah, I bet you didn't sleep well, because eclipses hang in the air, and they linger, and they they give us sometimes too much energy. Sometimes they give us a, a like a shot of energy, like we, we took a shot of ginseng, you know, or something, or caffeine. Um, and they they can just be a little rough on the nervous system. So it's, um, it's really been an intense eclipse. It was a total eclipse. It was a total solar eclipse in Sagittarius at 12 degrees. Now, I have an empty space in my T-square. I have a mutable T-square, and that plugged right into that empty space. And so it's complicated um, when eclipses come and you're fine, you're fine one minute, and then in a minute things turn around. And you, you know, I have said this before, you never really know what an eclipse is going to bring. And that's the one thing about eclipses. They are a bit of a wild card in astrology. We we are not able to necessarily predict what happens. And even in 2020 hindsight, I can say I would have never dreamed that any of this would happen. It wasn't like, oh, it figures. Yeah, there was this. Um, there's, there's a certain level at which eclipses do surprise us. And so they are not the, the most predictable things in the zodiac, but they are also, you know, they're, this is why like the ancients were cautious about eclipses because they carry a lot of energy and it gets shown in the areas around us and in our life and in the people around us. And, you know, we have to sort of adapt to when they come. A lot of times with eclipses, things aren't the same. And we decide to do something about what happened. Something comes to a crisis point. And certainly that happened for me yesterday. There were certain things that came about that uh, created a crisis. And we have to take some action. But the first eclipse did not affect me in such a great way. It was a lot of energy and a lot of busyness and a lot of running around and things getting done and and stuff like that. But, you know, I do have friends that are telling me that, you know, it's just crazy right now. It's crazy. Yeah, it's the eclipse, you know, and the energy is going to take a little while to dissipate. So for me, two things happened. Um, and they really kind of shook up my day. Um, one of them was t- typical, and the other one was not so typical. Um, the not so typical thing happened first. So um, I have this cat, if you have listened to me or seen my Instagram, and she is a property cat, and she adopted me. She really didn't belong to me. She's been here longer than I have, but she came and wanted to be with me. And she is a very old soul cat. 
and she's lovely. She's tortoiseshell. And she was went out into the garden. And there's there's several gardens here. So one garden is a little more public. She has my entire garden, but she likes to go into the other garden sometimes. And the other garden involves other people's apartments. And unfortunately, there is a stray cat that has been staying in our garage and this is not a nice cat and I have discouraged arguments between the mine and this one before but yesterday it got really ugly and my neighbor friends and I had to break the whole thing up you know I pull out a hose and shower the cats with water and that that gets them to stop and um and he kicked his foot in the air he didn't kick any cats and he got like get out of here to the other one that's not supposed to be in this part of the garden and not even supposed to be in our property but she's a little crazy and left her family anyway my cat was very traumatized she's not injured she's not physically injured but she is um deeply disturbed and you know at first she was fine and we came in the house and she was nicey nice and purring and I was giving her things and taking good care of her and then as the day went on she got really the trauma really set in and she spent the night in the garden and I didn't know where she was and I went to bed last night very worried about her and was worried mostly the whole night because I had rough sleep because I was just concerned that something really was wrong and I couldn't do anything about it because it was Saturday night late and it was the weekend and it was really pretty ugly. So we are going to find a home for the stray cat who left her family. And so this should have been done months ago. And this is what I mean about eclipses. Sometimes we just let things linger and hang and let the, until they become a crisis. And oftentimes things come to the table at eclipses and they are crises. And this was something that was going on and we just dealt with it. She scratched my neighbor friend's car, this cat, and you know, once that happens, this is not, and she actually jumped on me and kind of attacked me one day. So I'm now intimidated coming in and out of my property, which right away, that's a problem, Deb. So it's just, you just sort of navigate around these things and tolerate them until eclipses bring them up and you say, no, we have to do something. We we're, So we're calling cat agencies to get her adopted or brought to a place where she can find a family. And so this is, this is what you have to do. You have to navigate these kinds of energies. You have to navigate eclipses. And so this was the harder part of the day. But the inconvenient, should have been expected part of the day is that shortly after all of this happened, I was sitting at my desk working and all of a sudden a very loud explosion and buzz happened and the transformer out front burst and was smoking and our lights went out for, I don't know, six or seven hours. So there goes Saturday. And so I got nothing done <laughs> because this was in the mid-afternoon. And, you know, that it starts to get dark and you can't really see anything. So we all gathered outside in the garden um, where the nasty cat is. And um, we were, because it was that side of the property. It doesn't necessarily affect all of the property. So, Yeah. So we were without lights for hours. We had to f order food in. We couldn't cook. We, you know, it was a combination of inconvenience and then also camaraderie. We all sat together and laughed and talked and told stories. And, and in some ways, that was really good until I came back in my house and I saw that my cat was traumatized and she insisted on going outside and being left alone. 
So it was bittersweet for me, you know. Um, so this was this was a tough eclipse. It's a total eclipse. A lot of times total eclipses bring up a lot of stuff. But like I said, we should have been a little more proactive. And this is how I think in anything, in hindsight, um, when you realize you should have been proactive, I think that's what eclipses do. Not with every single solitary eclipse. Often the times with total eclipses, because they're stronger, and this eclipse makes you feel like, ah, in hindsight, I should have handled this. I should have known that this was going to become a problem. But you don't know what exactly is going to be the issue when the eclipse comes. And so we can guess and we can handle, you know, all my other ducks are in a row, but this was not. So, and it shouldn't have been an issue at all, but... One of the women here is feeding this cat and sort of feels sorry for it. And it's like, too bad, this cat is going. So she's going someplace where she can get real a real home and doesn't have to exert her aggressions at other cats. So, yes, it's cats. <laughs> and I've mentioned cats before. But I'm Leo Rising, so, you know, hey, <laughs> it's going to be about cats. <laughs> um, and so we move forward this week. And I hope your eclipse was easier or better than mine. I hope, you know, maybe it was just a lot of energy. Maybe there's a lot of running around. Maybe there was a lot of stress. I hope nobody stressed you out. And I hope that you are um, feeling good. I was, you know, it turned out to be a very stressful day yesterday. And I'm, I'm pretty exhausted from the whole thing. So, um, yeah, not to mention not sleeping the night before. So, yeah, there we go. So we move forward. And we move forward into... Uh, this week, and this week, which is, you know, today's the 5th, tomorrow's the 6th, things are heating up. And one of the most important things that is going to happen, and it's like the focal point of this week, I think, it doesn't happen until next Saturday. And that is that Venus is going to exactly conjunct Pluto. Now, Venus is on Pluto now. Venus is not not conjunct Pluto, but she's not exactly conjunct Pluto. So she's two degrees away from Pluto. And to my estimation, this is a conjunction. And, you know, if I had a child or you give birth to someone or a friend gives birth to someone and you look at the astrological chart, I would see a Venus-Pluto conjunction, even though they're two days away, or two weeks, I'm sorry, two degrees away from each other. And we're two weeks away from the retrograde. So Venus is starting to really slow down in the sky. And Venus is on Pluto and then makes relationships a little intense. So we are feeling this in the wake of the eclipse. We're feeling the Venus Pluto. And we are often very intense when we get to Venus Pluto. And why do I say intense? Um... Pluto is intense. Pluto in and of itself is intense. When you add a personal planet to an outer planet, the energies shift of that personal planet. Suddenly the personal planet, Venus, who's going along minding her own business in Capricorn, is now connected to an outer planet, a deeper energy, a more powerful energy, a more potent energy, and an energy that embraces the collective unconscious. So this is not just like, oh, Venus is going to conjunct Pluto. Huh. That was weird that we had an intense interaction. This is a turning point. Why? Because this is the first of three conjunctions of Venus and Pluto. Now, if you've listened to my podcast, you know that a conjunction is Venus and Pluto together. Okay? 
Venus and Pluto together are a conjunction in the same place at the same time, or any two planets together in the same place at the same time, okay? They will conjunct at 25 degrees of Capricorn. And that is where Pluto is now, at 25 degrees of Capricorn. And Venus, within a week, is going to give us this conjunction. Now, this is all fascinating for lots of reasons. And I've explained this in a previous podcast, but we're going to go over it again because it's very important. Venus and Pluto are interesting dynamic. It is the Persephone myth. If you know the Persephone myth, you know what I mean. If you don't know the Persephone myth, go read the Persephone myth. It is about the female principle, Venus, being brought into the underworld, Pluto. And in the Persephone myth, Persephone goes to live in the underworld. Now, the reasons leading up to that, I think you can go read. But <laughs> um, Venus and Pluto, because I've described it many times on my podcast. So Venus and Pluto are, my teacher used to say, love with a twist of lemon. And the other day I made a post on Instagram announcing that Venus and Pluto are very close together and this is starting to happen. And I put roses on my photograph and, and roses have thorns, I said. Roses have thorns. Love with a twist of lemon. Roses do have thorns. You know, they might be a gorgeous flower. They have a heavenly scent, but you pick, you go to touch them and you get pricked. Now, Pluto doesn't necessarily slap you across the face when it's with Venus. He's trying to like sidle up to Venus and be cozy, right? Because Pluto is all the unconscious desires we have relative to Venus. What do you desire? What do you value? How are your values playing out in your world? What do your values say to you and about you? And your values are very clear when they connect with an outer planet. It's like there's a deep sense of value about self, about things in your life, about like what's a priority? What's a priority? And Pluto makes it the priority. If Venus was just whizzing by in Capricorn and just doing her thing, that wouldn't be any real consequence. But she's entangled with the lord of the underworld. And she is intensely involved in a passionate connection because Venus is what we desire. Pluto is what we deeply desire. And it can be raking up some of the darker qualities of our life, okay? And what's dark? What is the unseen element of our relationships? What remains in darkness? Where do you need to shine the flashlight in the closet? Remember last year, I talked about Jupiter, which is the flashlight, shining in the closet of Pluto. Three times they met. Well, Venus and Pluto are going to meet three times. And Venus is the smaller benefic. Jupiter is the greater benefic. Venus is also shining a flashlight in Pluto's closet, except that she's going to shine it more in the direction of our relationships with others, our relationships with women, because it's Venus, our experiences of our values and our desires and what we can connect with on a very deep level in another person. You may fall head over heels deeply in love. That could be a Venus Pluto. But you also have to be very aware, and that's Pluto, because it, it, it brings up all the stuff that has been lying in your closet all these years. 
Every year Venus and Pluto meet, always. Every inner planet meets with Pluto, depending on its, um, you know, its relationship, depending on its cycle. The moon meets with Pluto every month. But Venus meets with Pluto once a year, and this time it's going to be three times because she's going retrograde. Remember that? I, told, I talked about that. So the first step of the retrograde is really Saturday, and it is... Um, 11.28 a.m. Eastern Time when Venus conjuncts Pluto. And she is going to be a little more ferocious. She's going to be a little more desiring. She's going to be a little more intense. And it may not be that you're just satisfied with things. You have to be deeply satisfied with things. And it may not be that you get what you want. Okay, well, you can then settle. No, I'm not settling. I want this. I need this and I need that in my life and I'm not settling for less. And if you know clearly in your heart, for example, you know clearly in your heart that you want to be with your ultimate soulmate, right? You're not going to settle for less. And this is one of those times when Venus comes up to Pluto and says, well, what do you really want? Do you want like a cheap date or do you want your soulmate? And that often happens with Venus Pluto, especially when it's three times. There is no way anybody who wants the deep connection with a soulmate is going to settle for something less under Venus Pluto. Never. And anybody who is um, in a relationship already, it doesn't mean that something awful is going to happen or you're going to desire something else. You, you um, necessarily, um, you can connect with your partner on a very profound level. And if you are connecting with your partner in a deep, transformative way, that's, you're using that Venus-Pluto in the right way. And that's what's so important. It often is complicated. Sometimes with Venus-Pluto, we don't know our own heart. And this is the time to figure out our own heart because we might just, we might just think we want something and we don't. And so this is giving us the opportunity to figure out what we want. And is it worth it in the end? And is it worth, or do you want just something simple? Because you know what? Ultimately, if you're, you just opt for something that's simple and non-challenging and non-inspiring, you know, it's like, okay, this works. It's good. It's normal. It doesn't work, okay? If you, if you in your heart need to be in a relation, in a Venus-Pluto kind of relationship where it's deep and transforming and connecting and passionate and deeply in love and, and you are profoundly, profoundly connected to a certain individual. And I mean profoundly. I don't mean, well, let me really connect it. I mean, it is written in the stars. It's written in the, your Akashic records. It's written in the world, in the universe, that you are to be with that person, then you don't mess around, like you don't experiment. You don't say, you know what, this person, this other person will do for now. That doesn't work for a Venus Pluto. It doesn't. So when you, the switch gets flipped under Venus Pluto, there is no way you can go back. And that's the other thing about Pluto. When we deal with outer planets and eclipses to a certain degree, when we deal with outer planets, nothing is the same afterwards. When your lights have been turned on, your lights have not 
cannot be turned off. When you work with, um, you know, this kind of energy, when you're dealing with this kind of deep, intense, powerful, all-consuming energy that Pluto is, you are never the same. So you connect with someone on a deep level and you are not going to be ever, um, you know, the same after that. You, you are working on a deeper level. You're not satisfied. You're not going to just have some fleeting affair relationship because the thing that you want more than anything and that emotion, and this is about deep emotions, Venus and Pluto, that emotion has been awakened. The flip, the switch has been flipped and you are not, that's it. We're done. We're here. This is it. I'm with you. You're with me and we are together. And it can happen in a minute. The problem is a week later, Venus goes retrograde. Okay, so say you do fall madly in love this week. Okay, you meet someone and you fall madly in love or you go out on a date with someone you've been wanting to be with. And then a week later, Venus goes retrograde. Okay, if you start the relationship before the retrograde, that's better. But you will be having to confront the Venus retrograde, which starts on the 19th of December and ends on January 29th. And what happens is you need to confront and acknowledge all the stuff that is coming up, all your own unconscious drives of what might be in the way of you having a relationship. And you're like, I thought I did this work. Well, maybe you got to do some more, you know. It brings up all sorts of stuff. Now, this is particularly powerful. This isn't the annual Okay, once a year, Venus passes Pluto. Ooh, that was intense. Wow, yeah. You might have just gone to an intense movie or something. But this is Venus passing Pluto, only ma making it one degree past Pluto and turning around and coming back. So you know what that says? That says Venus has not left Pluto, and Venus is not going to leave Pluto for a couple of weeks. So next Saturday the 11th, she conjuncts Pluto. Sunday the 19th, she retrogrades, okay? And it's, you know... 5.30 in the morning Eastern time when she retrogrades. Now, if we go to, um, you know, we go ahead, Venus is staying at this, hovering at this degree of 24, 25, 26. Okay, she's going to turn around at 26. 25, she'll hit Pluto. 26, she'll retrograde. And then on Christmas Day, as I've mentioned before in my podcast, she will conjunct Pluto again. So December 25th, Venus will conjunct Pluto again. Um, and it'll be like when we're all having breakfast and seeing what's in our Christmas stockings on Christmas morning. Okay, Merry Christmas. Venus conjuncts Pluto again. And this is the retrograde conjunction of Venus and Pluto. And what will happen is that, you know, you go deeper within, because that's what retrogrades do, and connect with a part of yourself that is fearful in this relationship, not connected, whatever is the fault lines are, you're going to confront them during that, that retrograde. Then what happens? Well, she passes Pluto. She goes, I mean, look at this. She's going to conjunct. She's already in conjunction with Pluto. She's going to be conjunct Pluto for a couple of weeks. Christmas is until the 25th. Today's the 5th. We got like almost three weeks. She's going to conjunct Pluto and continue to be conjuncting Pluto. I'm looking at the 26th the 27th, the 28th, and she's going to still be within 
a really reasonable degree of conjuncting Pluto, where I say, if you have a baby today, your Pluto is conjunct your Venus. Yeah. And I mean, even into January, the first few days of January, then she's going to start to really move away. And really, by the time we get to January 7th, she's only going to be 19 degrees and Pluto is at 26. But Pluto's moving forward and Venus is moving backwards at that point. And Venus and the sun will be close to Pluto on January 9th. So she'll pass over the sun. And then she gets really far away after that, January 11th or so. She goes to 16. So she's not really, she's 10 degrees away. So that means weeks of Venus and Pluto. And if you are a Venus-Pluto person, if you have that in your chart in any, like, maybe hard aspect or conjunction, you're going to feel this one. Woof. And it is deep, and it's lasting, and it's profound. And on some level, it can be really delicious if you deep, if you deep dive into it, and you confront, and you say, "I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this." And you have to commit. And if all the crap comes up in your face in the meantime, you just got to fly in the face of it and just say, "Okay, all right, I'm just, I'm going to do this. I told myself I'd do this, and I'm committing to my path." And there is a path here. There is a deep path here for each and every one of us. Venus Pluto is going to fall somewhere in your chart. Maybe it's here in your house of finances. Maybe you've got a big purchase. Maybe you're going to buy a house. You know, and you're getting a good deal out of it because Venus is going retrograde. I don't always recommend, you know, big purchases during Venus retrograde, but it, it, oftentimes we get big sales and deals on Venus retrograde, and it's actually a good deal. So, so that's something. People come back into our lives during Venus retrograde. We don't necessarily expect the person that shows up, but sometimes people show up and, um, you know, sometimes, sometimes it doesn't happen all the time. It could be an old girlfriend. Like if you're a girl and you have another girlfriend, you know, a buddy, it could be a buddy, an old buddy, because you know, you love your old buddies. I say girlfriend because it's Venus, you know, it's female. Um, anyway, and that's where we're going to be. And then Venus will not conjunct Pluto again until she's with Mars Next year in February or so, March, February, March, she's going to conjunct. But we don't need to go there yet. we got to focus on the now. And the now is we're coming. Venus is conjunct Pluto. She's going to be exact next Saturday. So here we go. In the meantime, there are other astrology things going on. The same day that Venus will conjunct Pluto, the sun will square Neptune. So that's really a message. The sun, the life force, will square Neptune. And are we clear in our intentions? Are we acting with integrity, or are we misled or in some illusion? That is something that we are um, needing to address. And that may be, that may just be part of that Venus Pluto, which I wouldn't doubt that it's not going to be two separate issues. It's going to be all rolled into one. You know, uh, the sun will still be in Sagittarius, Neptune is in Pisces. This is something where we feel like we are, um, you know, are we getting fooled? Is this a fantasy? Is it reality? What is it? And we have to be very, very clear in our intentions. And then on Tuesday, earlier in the week, um, Mars squares Jupiter. So there could be like some jumping for joy. There could be some excitement. There could be some positive, optimistic action. And I want to go back to the eclipse for the moment because this eclipse is in an optimistic place. It's in Sagittarius. Yes, I had some traumatic things. Probably many of you listening had a couple of traumatic things. And we are, um, you know, we are dealing with some traumas, but that doesn't mean all of life is traumatic. These are some, like, you know, what happened yesterday, we're taking care of it. So, and I can't control the power, you know, if the, the 
the box blows up and we're not without power for hours. I can't control that. We can do the best we can. So we need to address um, some things that are possibly positive manifestations that we want to create in our lives. It's Jupiter. It's it's a solar eclipse in Sagittarius. So put aside the things that may have happened in these last two days that are a little crazy and sit down with yourself and make a manifestation. We are still in the phase of the new moon. These next couple of days, what do you want to manifest? Something really good and big, I hope. It's a kiss from the universe. Do it. Sit down with yourself, make a list, light a candle, make a wish, get on your knees, talk to the goddess, talk to whomever you talk to, um, connect with what you want to manifest. And that's the best thing you can do with this energy from the eclipse now that we're calming down from it. I definitely feel like the energy has subsided a bit, but the 18th of December, a Saturday, the day before Venus goes retrograde, that's the last moment when the eclipse energy gets kicked out. So we're hoping that, and that's not just this eclipse, it's the last eclipse too. So all the eclipses, the season is finished, we're wiping our hands of it, we're free. And that's the 18th, which is the Gemini full moon at 27 degrees Gemini, okay? And the sun will be at 27 degrees Sagittarius because we are close to look, going into Capricorn. So that is something you want to be aware of. On the 18th, we kick out the eclipse period. On the 19th, we experience the Venus retrograde, okay? And so what else is going to happen this week? Well... Um, Neptune is going to start to finally move forward. So that's good news. You know, it, it went direct last Wednesday and we start to find, you know, okay, maybe we get connect, reconnected to our dreams in some way. And that's excellent because we want to manifest our dreams, whatever they are. Hopefully they're good ones. Um, the moon's in Capricorn right now. It goes void, of course, 1142 PM Eastern time on Monday evening. We don't care about that. We're sleeping. It enters Aquarius, 6.49 a.m. Eastern Time, Tuesday morning. Great. Not when we're trying to get something accomplished because the void moon can get in the way. Wednesday, we're in Aquarius. Thursday, we're in Aquarius. But 5 a.m., the moon goes void in Aquarius but enters Pisces at about 10 a.m. Good. Don't start. Don't make phone calls for new things Thursday morning. Okay. Um, Friday, the moon is still in Pisces. Uh, it goes void on Saturday at 2.40 p.m. Eastern Time and enters Aries at 4.46 p.m. Eastern Time. So that's not very long at all. That's really two hours or so. And then Sunday we're back. We're still in Aries. So, um, and Mars will enter Sagittarius on Monday the 13th, but we're not there yet. We'll talk about that next time. Meanwhile, Mars is at the end of Scorpio and... You know, it's, it likes being in Scorpio. And so there'll be less water in the sky and more fire when Mars goes into Sag in a week or so. Um, and that's about it. So I thank you heartily um, with much gratitude for listening. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact me, info at thegoldenastrologer.com. And also um, check me out on Instagram, The Golden Astrologer, where I most days produce a video um, about astrology. 
and I talk about lots of different things. Um, if you are interested in a session, you can go to my uh, website, thegoldenastrologer.com, book online. And I am also offering Reiki now. It is a fifth dimension Lemurian Reiki. If you're interested in that, you can message me on Instagram, Facebook, or write me an email and say, what's this about, Deb? Um, I have to write up a nice piece for my website about that so that it becomes um, something that people recognize they can have with me a, a nice session. Um, they're intense sessions. They're healing sessions. They're really uh, great for breaking contracts, you know, unconscious contracts, um, breaking not legal contracts, unconscious contracts, um, you know, breaking negative energies, negative vibrations. And you can bet I'm going to be working on my, my little girl kitty here. Um, she's a Reiki cat, so she likes Reiki, so it helps. So anyway, I send love and gratitude to each and every one of you. Please, please, um, contact me if you'd like, and I wish you a beautiful week and we'll be back on the other side of the Venus conjunct Pluto or at least the exactitude of it. And we'll talk about that next week. Thanks for listening.